Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Did you, America? Yes, it's another Did You America podcast. He's Jeremy. I'm Ian Camfield. This is episode... Negative 15? I don't know. Season 2. Call it. Uh, March Madness is upon us. The betting expert in the room is Jeremy, uh, who will now tell you how you're going to win huge amounts of money. Because if you've uh, been a uh, long-running listener of this podcast, you'll know that uh, Jeremy made how many Super Bowl bets? Oh, a lot. Roughly how many? Probably 50 to 100. Okay. That, that's okay. So around 100 then. <laughs> and won how much money from them? I think it was like at max a dollar. Again, like these are the Super Bowl was a month ago. This is now hundreds of bets past that day. <laughs> but yes, if you want to win money this year, I'm going to tell you how to do it right now. Now, I, I know that uh, March Madness is a big uh, betting time and is a lot of fun for a lot of people. I'm not sure I buy into your concept whereby you said, well, I'm betting on every game. And I said, Jeremy, I, I don't think that everyone bets on every game. They don't? What? How else do you win money? I mean, what's the point of watching a whole weekend full of nonstop 24 hours of basketball if you're not going to bet on every game. You think I want to watch Villanova versus Winthrop without having at least $100 on it? Oh, dear. So what's the bet to have on that particular game, then? Well, <laughs> classic 5-12 seed. That's where they get you. Everyone wants to bet on Villanova. You know, trendy pick, been to a few Final Fours, won a championship in recent years. But the 5-12 matchup is always the one where they get the underdogs to win. So I'm putting my money on Winthrop this year. Didn't understand the word of what you said. And I, and, and I still don't believe that you're giving good advice. My reference point for March Madness was the first time I ever had a job in a proper country. Um, it began at the beginning of, of, of a year, 2008 it was. And so, uh, Around March. Uh, well, it was, it, was, uh, it, was, it was the start of the year, early in the year. But the, one of the first big radio... Uh, focus bits of content that we had was surrounding March Madness, but we did a music version of it, right? Because okay. it was a music station to take right. the concept of the brackets, but with bands fighting off against yeah. one another. And so, you know, I looked at the basketball and I was like, I, I don't really understand what's going on here. And then my first pitch on a radio station in New York in terms of getting involved with March Madness was I did a huge bit on air to a New York audience about why, in this particular bracket, the cult should beat Metallica. <laughs> Can you imagine the feedback from the listeners who all loved Metallica? And I thought, even even in terms of rock music, I'm not very good at this. Right. You still managed to piss people off, right. just like you're doing here. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. So, any other tips on March Madness? Well, no, I'm just, you know, overall, I'm very excited because, you know, last year we didn't have a tournament because that was like, right when coronavirus happened and that was the first major thing to get canceled right. so this is a, a long time coming you know it's gonna start tomorrow around 10 a.m 
go all through Sunday. And yeah, I will bet on every single game that happens. And hopefully on Monday, I tell you guys that I'm more than just a few dollars off. Well, I mean, to your credit, even though you did around 100 bets on the Super Bowl and came out just a few dollars richer, you were still a few dollars richer. Yeah. I mean, you that's could. That's a win. You, well, I mean, it, you know, it probably funded a free beer. Yeah, well, it funded my next bet, which I did lose. <laughs> All right, well, good luck for everyone who's uh, doing March Madness. I can't wait to hear how much money you've lost come Monday when we do the next episode it's not of just this me. podcast. Well, no, no, no. I understand it's a big thing, but I wonder if anyone who's currently listening to this episode of Did You America is also thinking, yeah, what's that stupid Brit talking about? I'm going to bet on every game too. It's totally the normal thing to do. There's at least one other person. There's one other degenerate listening to this right now. So I want to uh, discuss uh today um how i've been uh having some conversations this week with two different friends of mine and both of those people are these people neither of them know one another and uh they're, they're two of my closest friends i do like them a lot and um it, it, from from my estimation i think both of them have become ridiculously spiritual to the point that i'm thinking what on earth are you talking about but i'm going to frame this for the benefit of this podcast as saying have they, or am I just too cynical to get down with all of this stuff, right? Okay. Here's the first example. And as I said, these are two people who don't know one another. I was talking with uh, a friend of mine this week who, you know, used to be, I used to think was probably as, uh, some might say realistic, others may say as cynical as uh, as I am. But she's discovered meditation recently. Ugh. Well... I did some meditation when I was at college because they made us take extra courses in addition to the stuff that we were studying to get qualifications in. And um, I thought, well, if I'm not getting an official qualification in it, this is just a waste of time. And I think my college, that they got more money from the government depending on how many hours of education they provided per week. So therefore, you know, I was studying studying English, politics, and business. But if you threw in a few extra hours of other stuff the college was funded better okay but i was then some of the courses were like doing actual extra courses but i was of the opinion well if i'm not going to get an official qualification in it i'm just wasting my time and then i saw meditation was Ooh. one of the extra courses so and i just used to keep on you were supposed to change the extra courses that you did each semester i just kept on enrolling in meditation because i basically went into the class and fell asleep for an hour <laughs> and, and i'm aware that that's probably not the idea of meditation i know a lot of people that are into it and they, they get great benefit but um one of my friends has started doing it recently, and so suddenly she's gone from being this quite, uh, you know, realistic and or cynical person to starting to talk like a hippie. We were talking about something the other week, and uh, she said, this came out of nowhere, well, you know, to quote John Lennon, Oi. it'll be all right in the end, and if it's not all right, it's not the end. First of all, there's a nice turn of phrase there. I like the way that you've used the English language. I'm going to repeat that quote. It'll be all right in the end, and if it's not all right, it's not the end. You know the problem I have with that quote? It came from John Lennon. Shall we now analyze the end of John Lennon? <laughs> Assassinated by a crazed fan on the doorstep of his apartment, aged 40. 
Now, I don't know what happens when we die, but that was a very definitive end for John Lennon in this life. And I think if we were to contact John Lennon right now and ask him if he was okay with that, the end, his answer would probably be no. Also, can we like get confirmation of what state of mind he was in when he said that quote? I mean... He very well could have been high on God knows what at that moment. Well, he is the man that said, uh, relax your mind and float downstream, right? I, that's from, what song is, is that Tomorrow Never Knows? That I is a Beatles know. lyric, right? Relax your mind and float downstream. You've been doing that your whole life. You didn't even know, that's, <laughs> you didn't even know that John Lennon invented that. Right. I, you know, I have a theory on John Lennon. Everyone thinks that like, if John Lennon was alive today, he'd be like this woke wizard soldier. And I don't think so. John Lennon was kind of crazy and definitely prone to get into weird things. Would John Lennon not be a conspiracy theorist? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Would, yeah. would John Lennon not be like four opinions away from full-on QAnon? <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real here. Yeah, I, I, I could possibly see him maybe going down that path. But my point is, so... You know, she's caught up in this, uh, you know, meditation and relaxing and so on and so forth. It'll be all right in the end. And if it's not all right, it's not the end. Bang, bang. <laughs> outside the Dakota building. Right? It's the end. <laughs> See what I mean? There's my first example. Here's my second example. So I'm talking to another friend this week. This one lives in Los Angeles. And um, we're having a conversation about the fact that... Um, He's uh, he's got some issues going on. I mean, it's not, not nothing terrible, but just dealing with like everyday BS in life and certain things that aren't working out the way that he wants them to. And uh, so, you know, we were texting back and forth uh, on on this point. And um, at one point, he sends me a text message that says something along the lines of. I tell you what, I really hope I'm not reincarnated because uh, I haven't got enough energy to deal with all of this again. <laughs> and I thought, oh, wow, God. well, okay. I mean, arguably, that's that's kind of forward thinking. Like we don't, you, you know, it's it's a lot of hard work right now, but already you're thinking about the next life. Right. And so I, I say, and he phrased it in a slightly better way than that. It was, it was, it was sort of amusing until I realized that actually he was being really serious about this because I, I text back, that's a great quote. And then he replied to that, and I, I made a note of this particular text message saying that he was working on his, and this is the direct quote, spiritual channel in order to learn all the lessons his soul has to so he's not reincarnated. And I didn't want to challenge this because I'm like, I mean, this is serious, relax your mind and float downstream in, 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 a, in a Hollywood fashion. And I'm thinking... Is this the latest Hollywood bullshit that's going on in Los <laughs> yeah. Angeles where if you're not having a good time and again, look, if you're not having a good time and there's stuff going wrong in your life, you know, don't do anything drastic. Think about how you can improve your situation. Pick up the phone and talk to some friends, talk to your partner, talk to family, you know, whatever you need to do to try and make that situation better, try and do it. And I'm sorry that you're, you're having a bad situation. But at what point, if you're not happy with some situation in your current existence, does some fucking guru come into your life and go, hey, you think this life is complicated? Imagine if you had to come back again. Bung me some money 
and I'll make sure that your soul in this current life is living a full, full, full experience so you never have to return. This is, you know, I'm always rallying against these people that read horoscopes and live their life according to the horoscopes. Right. This is like the next level. So basically... And again, if you want to go see a life coach because it's easier to talk about your situation or a therapist, I'm all for that. You know, whatever improves your situation. But this is like, hey, life coach for your soul here. I'll make sure your soul is living a full life. So if you find this existence tiring, you don't have to come back and live it again as an ant. What? I I feel like this keeps happening on the podcast, but... I'm going to say it again. You need to get new friends. You need to ditch that friend. They are like three days away from telling you that crystals will change your life. I'm, I'm telling you they will not. I, I don't know that the, the belief that crystals are going to change your life is, is quite... That to me is fully rational in comparison with... I've got to really work on giving my soul a full experience so I don't get reincarnated. I mean, I don't like... And I am not... A, I don't have any particular um, religious belief, but I, in terms of otherworldliness, I'm open t- to the options, right? I-, I think that I don't see why the life that we live here should be the only existence that goes on. So I'm open to the idea that there is other stuff. I don't know what that other stuff is, and I don't subscribe to any you know particular theory about that. Um, so maybe you are reincarnated. My, my major concern, and this is what I would say to, uh, you know, now I was going to call it Soul Cycle, but that's a gym, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll call it Soul Cycle. <laughs> this company should be Soul Cycle. No, your actual soul. Right. Right, in, in parentheses afterwards. My, my main concern, if, uh, you know, the actual Soul Cycle came to, 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 to seek me out, um, would be the, the people that have got this idea that um, once we pass on, we go to some other place, but um, some people exist in a capacity as guardian angels, you know, and, uh, and, and I hear two different theories about this. Sometimes um, people will say they're in a situation and someone says something or they see something and it reminds them of someone that's passed away and that therefore they think that person's in the room with them. Or other people think that someone who's passed on is like this guardian angel on their shoulder that they can sort of like summon when they need help. I don't want anyone to do that for me. Like, it's a lot of effort down here now. If you, if you do go to a better place afterwards, I don't want someone living down here who thinks they can call on me to sort their problem like I'm some fucking plumber that you can call around to fix your, to fix your bathroom, right? I don't want to be the sole version of, you know, the maintenance man, no. the maintenance for your life. That's too much responsibility. Like, I don't want that. So that would be my thing. If if uh, if, uh, if if soul cycle for your actual soul, as I've now branded them, <laughs> right. were to come knocking, I'd be like, yeah, life's shit, and you have to get on with it. I don't buy into this, oh, my soul needs to have a full experience so I'm not going to be reincarnated and live this life a second time. Can you make sure that when I go to wherever we go afterwards, I'm not called upon to do, like, manual labor for the living? Because that's way too much effort. See, that was just, like, so much thinking for... He could have saved all this time and a whole segment of this podcast if he's just texting you the truth, which was, I'm not having a great day. (laughs) 
You know what I mean? Like, clearly he was moody. He was like, I just don't even want to be reincarnated into this world. Like, calm down, bro. Like I said, the re- Don't worry, the, be happy. The re- <laughs> I got a doobie and a brew for you. You'll be fine. I think it would be great if this company that I've just named Soul, Soul Cycle for your actual soul actually send, like, their spiritual readings. They claim their spiritual readings, but it's actually the lyrics to the song don't worry, be happy by Bobby McFerrin. Like, here's a mantra for you to chant. Yeah. Once you've mastered the John Lennon, close your mind and float downstream or whatever it is, get onto this. Right. Yeah. Who's this next? Yeah, exactly. I've seen those uh, th- those things that people, uh, I don't know what you call them, but you put, them, you put them on the wall. They're like clocks and they sing, don't worry, be happy. Do you, do you oh, know you what mean I mean? Like- are you talking about like the fish? Yes. Thing? Yeah. That's a clock, yeah, right? Is it no, not a clock? No, it's just like a like a fish on a wall. Right. Like you caught it and you mounted it. Right. And yeah. it sings, don't worry, be happy. It does indeed. Right. Okay. There you go. I've just given you a cheaper version of spiritual guidance. Get one of those. <laughs> put, of it, those. Put, it, put, put it on your wall. Listen to what it says. Go out and have a good day. I just think once you- Relax st- your mind and float downstream while that fish sings to you. Once, once you start doing the whole like going down that spiritual path, like it gets- that's very dangerous. There's no finding the answer and being happy. Eventually, like I said before, you just get convinced that crystals will run your life. Right. It happens every time. Mm, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about um, the Fleetwood Mac skateboarder who is now selling that uh, TikTok video that he made as an NFT. So this is the guy who was uh, drinking ocean spray, skateboarding while playing Fleetwood Mac's Dreams, which got the attention of everyone, including Fleetwood Mac. Right. right. Um, the broiest video of 2020. Right. Um, now, he's now selling the video as an NFT. As the younger person on this podcast, I'll now refer to Jeremy to explain to us what an NFT is, because uh, I had no idea. I'm supposed to know this? Well, I, look, I get that I'm a tech genius now. We've established that. But I'm not a financial genius. All right, this is how I understand this, this story, right? Uh, by the way, he wants half a million for it. So what he's, what he's doing... So the NFT is... is basically the original TikTok video, right? So we've all seen the TikTok video. He's on the skateboard, Fleetwood Mac's playing, he's drinking the drink, and people did their own versions of it, and he became a phenomenon, and he signed merchandise deals and all that kind of stuff, right? That I understand. But now he's offering someone who wants to pay... The starting bid is half a million dollars for the original of that TikTok video. Am I understanding this correctly? Because to me, this suggests that if this becomes a market thing, having an original TikTok video is going to be like buying a piece of art. Is this? Am I understanding this correctly? I don't know, man. My head hurts just trying to follow all that. Here's the thing. No one understands Bitcoin or tokens or NFTs, non-fungible tokens, whatever the heck it is. This is where I start. Cryptocurrency. Well, it gets, it gets better. So apparently the company that he's teamed up with, uh, that, that where the bidding starts at half a million for the NFT, which I understand is the original version of the TikTok video, the company's called Crypto Cake. Are you having a laugh? Crypto Cake? <laughs> See, that's... That's my point exactly. No, one, There's maybe six people in the whole world who fully under, understand cryptocurrency. And the rest, 
is just BSing their way and gambling like they would the stock market. Right. I got into cryptocurrency solely because of my gambling addiction. Mm -hmm. The website I used to gamble on one day was like, hey man, uh, it's actually illegal that you're doing this. You might not want to use your credit card to deposit funds. So I, uh, I got a coin wallet or whatever and put money into Bitcoin and then I forgot about it. And when all that stuff happened a few months ago with or last month with the GameStop and AMC mm -hmm. and stock market, I figured, hey, like Bitcoin shot up too. Let me see where my funds are. And somehow I had like almost three times what I initially put in there. So that's exciting. And that's what always tricks people into, you know, like thinking I'm going to become a Bitcoin genius. I'm going to make millions of dollars. And they inevitably don't. Mm. My thing is, is now everyone is getting into selling things as NFTs. I keep seeing articles about this, not just the Dreams Fleetwood Mac guy. Like uh, I saw Soldier Boy sold a tweet as an NFT Taco Bell had like menu items as an NFT. What is an NFT? Nobody understands. Is it a bit like nobody really understands art though? Because this is this is, because here's the thing with his his apparent NFT. I like that we're we're both discussing something that neither of us we understand. We have no idea what it is, but it's the biggest story in the world. I feel like we're supposed to know what this is, but nobody knows what it is. So my understanding of this is that it is that. By the way, if anyone knows what an NFT is and wants to actually uh, deconstruct this story way better than we are, DigiAmerica.com is where you can write to us and right. uh, and say, send us some crypto cake while you're at it. We'd love some crypto cake. Like, so, I, I, but the, the, my understanding is this is the the, the original um, TikTok video, and I guess he's claiming that it has value because he's made so much money from becoming famous as a result of doing that video, um, and he's got all of these merchandise opportunities. So he's saying, like you would invest in a piece of art, if you own this original TikTok video, over time it will become more valuable and you also could make money from it like I have. But there is, even if you go with that theory, here's the main sticking point. He's selling the video without the Fleetwood Mac song playing because he doesn't own the rights to Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. Um, I, I don't know if Ocean Spray brought any anything any great value to that video, but they, their logo has to be... Um, removed from 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 the video so yes it's the original video yes he wants half a million for it but if you take the song out and remove the ocean spray aren't you just getting a video of a bro on a skateboard a video that everyone already has access to i don't get what the what makes it different because it's the original video it doesn't change we all see the video it's posted countless places online why does that why does that video have value just because it's an nft can I be an NFT? I want to be an NFT. If someone wants to buy me as an NFT, it's going to cost $2 million. <laughs> Boom. I would also suggest that visually you're more interesting than the guy on the skateboard. I, I would look great on a coin. <laughs> Actually, you do. You do look like someone from times past. Yeah. So you do. You, you. I'm a quick razor job away from 1700s mutton chops. <laughs> That's very true. You could actually be on a coin. That would I'm be basically <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. So it's a 23 second clip. And I, again, I, I think it's just, I mean, I think my idea of it being like art is probably uh, what it is. But if you, 
if you remove Fleetwood Mac from it, which he has to, that's a bit like going into an art gallery and getting half the picture that you're that, that, that you're investing in. Although having said this, I don't think I've never understood any art gallery that I've ever walked into. There's a bunch of them up the road from from where I live here in Deep Ellum because it's a very you know arty neighbourhood. Right. And I only I, I used to date someone that was like an art that was an artist, and we used to go to art galleries, and he would always say to me, the only ones that I set the bits of art that I said I liked he would go well, yeah, well you like that because it looks like a heavy metal album cover right <laughs> and, I, and I would say no I, I like I went to there was an, uh, an art walk a few months ago in Deep Ellum right and um, I went around and I looked at the different art galleries and stuff like that and um, people that had done artistic interpretations of famous buildings around the great state of Texas or things that I recognized, you know, they painted a picture of, of a building or something that was significant that I understood. The stuff that looks like something my three-year-old nephew could make that you're supposed to stare at for 10 minutes and get some sort of meaning from, I'd have never understood that. And, and yet... The stuff that my three-year-old nephew could make was selling for like three times the price as, you know, someone who's done a painting of the the Deep Ellum robot or, or whatever it is. So what I'm saying from this is I understand that I don't understand art, but I think even though neither of us understand what an NFT is, we have quite a good handle on the idea that someone should invest half a million in this with the idea that they're going to make more money from it going forward. Well, screw someone investing half a million in that. I told you, I am an NFT for $2 million. And also, you could become your own currency. I mean, we obviously can't use this name, but you on a coin and the currency being called Crypto Cake, I could see that working quite well. I love cake. Right, exactly. And you look like someone who loves cake. Absolutely. So therefore, if you were on a coin, (laughs) unless Crypto Cake need a face... And that could absolutely be you. I don't know, man. I think that we need to start off our own thing. Did you America coin coming to you soon? Oh, that would be nice. Screw that, the t-shirts. That might be <laughs> that might be today's million dollar idea. Did you America coins? Uh, we'll get to part two uh, very soon. We need to talk about uh, this thing on Reddit that we've both been amused at. Um, uh, toys that were uh, very fashionable when people were kids that are now considered incredibly um unsafe now and um also there's a story about being fired and i can't believe that jeremy wouldn't have some good stories about being fired so we'll get to that in part two of did you america all right it's uh, did you america season two episode we have no idea part two here uh if you want to uh, get in touch with the show we are at didyouamerica.com you can vote for Song of the Week there, or you could go to my Twitter at Ian Camfield, where we have a poll operating currently. Uh, we choose uh, three songs every week and uh, ask for your votes as to the song that you prefer. My choice for this week, Long Live Rock by Hailstorm. My song was Vaporwaves by Ace Hashimoto and Thundercat. And New York producer is going for Deadline by Group Love. So there your Song of the Week choices. Deadline by Group Love, Vaporwaves by by uh, Ace Hashimoto and Thundercat or Long Live Rock by Hailstorm. Um, you can vote on the poll at my uh, uh, at Ian Canfield on Twitter or head to didyouamerica.com to vote online. Uh, that's also where you can uh, send us some messages or buy one of our lovely T-shirts if you feel so inclined. Um, Jeremy, you'll like this. And actually, this speaks to your idea that you could maybe be on a coin Ooh. because of your... Uh, 
visual representation. Fat hairiness, right. Well, so I was very comfortable with the fact that depending on the day, you either resembled a fat Walter Becker from Steely Dan or a skinny Leslie West. Um, Altiz sent us a message suggesting that you look in your cartoon. You know, we have the cartoon version of you. A little bit like Shooter Jennings. Okay, I can get down with that. Yeah. I got to look up Shooter Jennings here. (laughs) I think just the name makes you think that Shooter Jennings is maybe more aspirational to resemble than Leslie West or Walter Becker. That cartoon definitely looks like Shooter Jennings. I wish I looked like Shooter Jennings. Shooter Jennings looks like a badass. Well, let me me, me tell you, Altis. So uh, the the cartoon, and we're always very grateful to him, is done by our uh, good friend uh, Jose. And uh, you know any of the um, any of the cartoon uh, photos of us that we post on uh, social media or on the website are, are done by Jose. Jose has never met Jeremy, right? And so when he was uh, designing, uh, uh, you know, a, a drawing of you sitting in the studio, Jose sent me a text message and said, "Does Jeremy really look like a fat Walter Becker?" <laughs> And I said, yeah, absolutely, 100%. Just make him look like fat Walter Becker. And so Jose said, uh, okay. So I think, like, the the Shooter Jennings comparison, that's just because... I reckon Jose's probably got a different fat Walter Becker of you. And he's like, oh, no, he looks too terrible in that. I can't possibly send that. I'm going to make him look a little bit better. And so that was the version that we've got that's the that maybe is more like Shooter Jennings. Look, you guys are currently listening to a guy who has been described on multiple occasions as unfuckable. So <laughs> the, uh, the cartoon, whether it has a little gut or not, is perfect for me. I think it makes me look wonderful. All right, well, uh, we appreciate uh, the uh, Shooter Jennings comparison comparison um i think if we were going to have our own uh, crypto cake currency or whatever it's called for did you america pitching you as shooter jennings on a coin is probably a little bit better than pitching you as uh, fat walter becker what if instead of a coin that doesn't actually exist we actually just make cake and put my face on it Cake, cake. Be- cake becomes the currency. Let's just eat cake. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> screw the money factor. I'm hungry. I had a message from uh, Neil, and um, I'm. I don't know whether I I know Neil from my childhood from reading this message. Um, so if I've forgotten you, Neil, I apologize. But as I've mentioned on this podcast many times before. I'm uh, getting close to two years of non-drinking, and I swear, you would think it would be the other way around, but I swear, since I quit drinking, I, I, I'm so much more forgetful. I remember so much less since 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 I, I entered my sober years. So uh, Neil is one of our rare listeners in Shitsville, because the way, ah. that I, the way that I talk about the United Kingdom, you would think anyone who did listen to this podcast in the UK has absolutely stopped subscribing because I'm just so unkind towards the United Kingdom. Right. Uh, Uh, Not Neil. Uh, Neil said, I left Marshalls Park School in 1993. Now, Marshalls Park, I I, I didn't go to Marshalls Park, but that was the the rival school. It was probably the nearest school to the one I attended. I went to a place called um, Bower Park. Um, Neil said, uh, what year did you leave? Again, Neil, 
If I if you asked me this when I was drunk, I could have given you a definitive <laughs> answer. I think I left in '94. It might have been '95. I I I, I don't know. Uh, but he went to the other local school and he left in 1993. So it is entirely possible that our paths may have crossed because we would have been local kids in the same sort of area at the same time. Now very well he could be someone that you knew or someone that knew of you or maybe your guy's paths cross but what are the chances that he's the same guy that called in a few weeks ago with the clearly fake british accent that pretended to be your cousin i have a feeling that neil and that guy are the same person oh i hadn't thought of that yeah oh because no one from england is listening to this no you've been banned from the country they would get banned as well and the, and the person who left us a message uh, a couple of weeks ago did have comprehensive knowledge of where the glory holes are around wembley, around <laughs> wembley right. stadium like the kind of knowledge that only someone local to that area would have right clearly this like, is- i was listening to it thinking it was a very funny message but also thinking yeah if you went where he's saying you could definitely get sucked off I'm going to mess with your mind a little bit here. This is actually a fight club situation. These are your messages that you're sending as your alter ego to yourself. Because I've relaxed my mind and started floating downstream and now I'm sending messages to myself. That and because you know where all the glories holes are. (laughs) Yeah, I'm... My meditation is taking me back to a happier time. Like the, the, the meditation, they said, okay, you think you hate the UK, but transport your mind to a happier time and something you really liked. And I went straight to glory holes around Wembley Stadium. Look, if jerking off is considered, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, meditation? I am, a, I am like the Maharishi over here. Uh, anyway, Neil goes on to say that he left Marshalls Park in 1993, had an apprentice waiting for him and um couldn't wait to get out of that shithole quick enough ah. we found another person in the uk who uses the term shithole to describe something in the uk i use it to describe the entire country he uses it to describe the, the school that he went to um he said it's strange as our next door neighbors are now both te- uh, teachers at marshall's park great podcast really enjoying it well thank you for those kind words neil and um i appreciate you reaching out and I'm impressed that you might be our only listener left in the UK who's not been offended by what I say about the UK. I hope I've not offended you by not remembering who you are if I did know you in my past. And now Camfield will offend his last English listener. <laughs> anyway, if you want to uh, reach out to us, uh, send us any messages. You can actually be on the show if you click be on the show. Uh, that will give you the ability to... Uh, to speak to your device that you are streaming this podcast on and leave us a voice message. If you don't want your voice to be on the show and you just want to uh, type us a message, you can do that as well. Uh, Go to didyouamerica.com. That is uh, where you need to head to hear the old episodes or uh, send us some messages. So, yeah, Jeremy, I can't believe that you do not have a story about being fired from a job. Yeah, well, you have to remember, I am a bum. There haven't been many jobs in my days. This is basically what you get, just me hanging out on someone's around someone's kitchen table talking to a microphone. So you don't really? There's no, like, s- storming out or being fired? Or, well, I, I can't believe you've never had either or. Like, you haven't got a story about being fired or a story about when you stormed out of a job I don't before a, they fired I you. I don't have a story about, like, getting fired but i do have a pretty decent story about why i was fired Mm. so my first job was of course in high school actually not my first job 
my first or second job, I don't remember. I worked at an Old Navy in Plano. Right. I wasn't too happy working at the Old Navy in Plano, but at the time I may have had a paraphernalia ticket that I got at the time and needed a way to pay that off. So my parents suggested I get a What's part-time a paraphernalia job? ticket? Like a weed pipe. Oh. Drug paraphernalia. Oh. Yeah. God, you're t- I thought you were talking in a different language. No, no, no. That's okay. arrest number one. Okay, right. <laughs> oh, 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 a ticket as in an arrest, right? Yeah, I didn't get I, arrested. I thought like a paraphernalia ticket was that you had a ticket to go to... go to. So- I thought like no. there was a band called no, Paraphernalia. I wish it was that cool. And you, you'd bought a ticket to see them and your job at the Old Navy was funding that. That would have been way more enjoyable. Okay, right. So you got busted with some weed. Exactly. Okay, wow. So I got a job, <laughs> right? And um, I wasn't too happy working at Old Navy as a 16-year-old. You know, they played terrible music over the loudspeakers. It was clothes that I didn't personally wear, and uh, I wasn't exactly the most personable on the sales floor. Let's say so. They decided the best move for Jeremy was to put him in the back changing room and just let him fold clothes all day. Right. As a high school stoner, this was wonderful because I showed up every day to that job stoned, and then, of course, I would fall asleep in the changing room. <laughs> right. But that's not why I got fired. They they put up with that because I am a wonderful folder. Now, a few months into the you, job... You were folding to probably make yourself a better cushion to fall asleep in, right? A, no, right. literally, I would use the shirt pile <laughs> yeah. as a pillow, 100%. Right. So a few months into the job, you know, I have work the next day. It's a weekend and everyone, all of our friends are going to a concert at the House of Blues here in Dallas. Mm. Now, I don't want to miss out on the show. I'm a cool kid. You know, I have FOMO. So me and my friend decided that we both with busy schedules the next day would go to this concert. One thing led to another. We might have went a little extra that night. You could describe us as wasted. Right. So the next morning, while still fully feeling the effects of everything we did that night, because I didn't, I stopped maybe an hour before my shift. <laughs> right. I went in and figured they won't notice. They absolutely noticed. And a few weeks later, I didn't have the job anymore. However, it was a lot better situation than my friend who. What he was busy with the next morning was taking the SAT. Oh. Yes. And he did not do very well. Needless to say, he did not end up going to college. So there's a guy in Georgia who quit his job uh, towards the end of last year. But this is sort of role reversal. His boss was so upset about him quitting the job and owed him a final paycheck that the boss dumped 500 pounds of pennies covered in oil on the guy's driveway. So he didn't want this employee to quit, was so upset that this happened. And he's like, now I have to give you some money. So first of all, I thought there was a cash shortage since COVID. Like, I don't know where we got these 500 pennies from. That's why we have the shortage. (laughs) Clearly this guy's hoarding all the pennies. They're all in Georgia. Yeah. I I, I, I don't know about that. I had this thing where I was, um, when, before I moved to a proper country, uh, for about the last six months, I was living in Shitsville. Um, I was working out a contract at my um, at my UK radio station, and there was this uh, a place across the street that did sandwiches and breakfast and stuff like that. I used to buy uh, you know, breakfast there each day, and um, I, I'd started to pack stuff or 
take stuff to goodwill that I needed to get rid of before I was going to make the, you know, the big move from the UK to the US. Um, and I found all of these coins that I'd accumulated because the UK, as you know, if you listen to this podcast, is just grossly inefficient in comparison with America. And one of the things that they're very inefficient with is they still have loads of coins. They got rid of the the pound note that would be like a dollar bill years and years ago. So, you know, here is the tipping culture and you have dollar bills. So you don't often have use for a lot of change because you just give the change as a tip or you've got the dollar bill. Right. In the UK, everyone's... You, you could carry around so much change, you would feel like a millionaire and it could only be about like 18 pounds or, or whatever because there's so much shrapnel, they call it, right? So people are just constantly walking like jingling around because you hear the shuffling of all the coins yeah 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 five hundred dollars worth of coins in their pockets literally and so i found and i and again it's just inconvenient so i found all of these one pennies and two pennies and five pennies that i'd accumulated over probably about seven or eight years in this box right and so for about six months the let's say the breakfast in this place cost me about four pounds right every day I'd go to this box of change that I'd accumulated and I'd count out four pounds in like one penny, two penny, and then I'd put it in a carrier bag, right? So it looked like I was going to use it as a weapon. Like I was going to like literally like hit someone over the head with so many like loose coins or something. And I'd go in and I'd order my protein breakfast in this place and then pull out this carrier bag (laughs) and dump four pounds worth of one, two, and if they were lucky, five penny coins on the counter just to, just to make use of all of this change that I'd accumulated. So is a pound like... Like a pound's so like a dollar, so yeah, a like hundred, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, 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 if I was gonna pay, if if the if the breakfast was five pounds and I was paying in just penny coins, that would be five hundred of those, for example. Let me ask you this real quick. Now, does a pound? You said that they used to have a pound coin. No, well, no, there still is a pound coin. They again, this is stupid England. They used to have a pound note, like America has a dollar bill, right? And again, they thought it was pointless. We'll just deal with coins. Why would you prefer to have coins that weigh you down when you could just have a lovely dollar bill or pound note in your wallet to achieve the same thing? No, that's why we've turned all of our coins into bitcoins. But does that one pound coin weigh one pound? Uh, that's a good question. I never thought of that. If it doesn't, that's why it's Shitsville. Well, it's just Shitsville because the, I've never even I've lived here for uh, five years on this run and hopefully touch wood for the rest of my life. And I lived in New York for just over a year, you know, several years ago. Touch wood I, never again. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was all right with New York. I prefer the great state of Texas. So, you know, combined six years of American living, I have never learned America's currency in coins. If you showed me a load of American coins now, I could point out a quarter. I know a quarter. I've never learned the rest because I've There's had... only three more. No, there's more than that. No, there's not. There's no, a penny, there's a nickel, more... and a dime. That is it. Are you winding me up? No, I'm not. That's no. Just, that is just your England inefficiency coming through. <laughs> and I really only... Th- Podcast pause, <laughs> study break. When we come back, Canfield will be an expert on Are coins. there really only that... There's only four. I think there used to be like a half dollar. That's like the $2 bill. No one uses that. 
It's literally 25 cent, 10 cent, 5 cent, and 1 cent. I got a $2 bill about two years ago, and I've kept it in my wallet as if it's a lucky charm because I never found, I haven't found, didn't, didn't know they existed and certainly haven't found one since. I believe they're quite prevalent in strip clubs. Yeah, well, I was going to say that my, that was like the old lady version of like giving her grandson money that my grandma did. She just had like, she has all the $2 bills in the world. Was apparently. that because she was a stripper? I, I'm starting to think that. She was a very good one because she was getting the twos, not the ones. <laughs> right, that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> so if, for, you're gonna, if you're going to go to like the rankest of terrible strip clubs, but you're a, you're a high spender, that's when you throw out the two dollars oh, yeah. for the dollar a dance personally i go hailing i throw coins <laughs> but you wouldn't know anything about that no i didn't know. so uh, i've never learned i know quarters i seriously thought there were way more uh different uh coin values oh, no. in america in, in, in american currency but i've never learned it because you you have no use for them here a because we have a tipping culture which i'm very much for because it gives you a better customer service experience and b because you You've retained dollar bills, which are much better than having the pound coins in the UK, whereas they used to have pound uh, uh, pound notes, as they call them. I'm going to make myself sound like a millennial here, but I don't even like having dollar bills. I don't like having cash money. I prefer either using a card or using my smartphone uh, Apple wallet. Yeah, I do think the... Um, uh, because you know when when we were all alerted to how filthy we were when covid happened right if there's if there's one big positive from covid i think it was teaching us like how we could all be a lot cleaner and wash our hands more and, and kind of be more efficient when it came came to cleanliness. Because I think when, when when you started reading the statistics and because of covid people were taking notice there were Probably things that most people were doing on a daily basis that were about as clean as leaving this apartment and going to lick a bus stop. Right? Speak for yourself. I stay dirty. <laughs> but I do think that 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 happened. And one of the main things, of course, was that it was brought up how filthy any kind of money is, you know, be it oh, coins yeah. or, or, or the notes. So there was that argument that you could go to being a cashless society. But I think the the, 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 the the people that don't want to be in a cashless society are people that work in bars and restaurants because they like their tips in cash and strippers. Every once in a while, I want to like, you know, I guess act like my grandfather and pay with stuff in cash. So I'll go to an ATM and I'll pull out this like unnecessary paper substance. I'll put it in my wallet and then I'll buy something. And that's some, let's say I get $200 out of the ATM. Right. And then that's something I buy is $197. Right. I will have those $3 bills in my wallet for months because nothing costs three dollars right right i i I think i and i just got this from friends of mine who worked in the service industry so i think i'm doing a good thing i literally only carry cash now to give tips to people in the service industry so i do everything on credit card but if i'm paying any kind of bill to you know someone who's been working my table or the bartender or you know or whoever I always try and give them cash because I think you're doing them a favor by giving them cash. But my, my cash transactions are literally to the person who's, you know, pouring drinks for my friends or giving me coffee refills, you know, or, or whatever. You need to end that. It's time to come to 2021. I don't even bring cash to the strip club. Card right into the booty slip. <laughs> Now, talking of uh, granddads, because this is something else that I wanted to bring up. I did say we would get to uh, discussing this thread that's on Reddit at the moment. 
um, which is uh, about uh, toys and games from uh, when we were kids that would be considered totally unsafe today. And um, people are talking about things like uh, lawn darts and um, on playgrounds. Uh, I don't remember this, but there was a spinning gate, which was a gate on a pole. So you stood on the back of it and just spun around. Are you familiar with that? No. I think that might be even a little bit before my time. I'm like right on the edge where like my generation is when they're like, oh, no, we're killing these kids. We have to fix everything. Right, right, so right. Like I caught the tail end of all the danger. But if you ask me, the stuff that my generation grew up with is no different. Like I saw this Reddit post and like everyone was talking about lawn darts. I didn't even know what lawn darts were. I had to look it up. So I saw like, you know, it was essentially darts that you put a circle in the ground and you tried to get the dart into the circle, right. right? I don't understand how that's dangerous. You know what's dangerous? Uh, going to play Grand Theft Auto where I learned how to steal cars and kill strippers. Like, that sounds way worse than lawn darts. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto must be due a cancellation, right? right. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Once they're done with Sharon Osbourne, we are straight to Grand Theft Auto. I'm not one of these people who's like, oh, video games is making kids dangerous and all that. That's not true. But you can't deny that that game is very dangerous compared to throwing a sharp object and being like, oh, let me not stand directly under the sharp object. So uh, the thing that I took away from this, and this did bring back some very fond memories uh, for me, and, and I don't think this was that it was dangerous when you were doing it at the time, but it just sends out completely the wrong messages. And that was that you used to be able to get fake cigarettes made of candy. And um, they were very convincing. So they were made to look like cigarettes. But, but my favorite uh, thing about these was that they sold them in boxes like cigarette cartons, right? Okay. And um, so I used to, everyone in my family, no, actually, that's not true. Not everyone in my family, but a lot of people in my family used to smoke, like my granddad and my dad um, and pretty much all of the men on their side of the family, huge, huge smokers. So when I was a kid, you know, and we're talking like five, six, seven, eight, nine years of age-ish at this point, um, whenever there was family gatherings, uh, I mean, it just looked like an opium den in our front room. There was just so much smoke, you know? Um, and I was fascinated with smoking and I used to go to the store and buy these candy cigarettes um but my playing at smoking did not stop there this is what my granddad absolutely upgraded me because not only did I used to have the candy cigarettes my granddad used to give me old ashtrays of his and lighters that had run out of gas, right? So whenever you used to have these good, these good lighters, and rather than um, just replacing the gas in them, he'd get himself a new lighter because he was a huge smoker, and he'd give me, you know, and good light, like silver lighters yeah, and stuff yeah. like that, right? So when I was at a family gathering that looked like an opium den because it was full of such smoke, I would sit in the corner. Imagine me, five years old, right? waiting to see like when my granddad would light up a cigarette which was pretty much every 10 minutes yeah, i mean he was he was every, right he was full on addicted i mean literally <laughs> uh, short of having two cigarettes on the go at once oh that's the it, best <laughs> 
You're, you're you're forgetting. You're talking to someone who's now on month ten without a cigarette and still missing them every day. Yeah, exactly. This this segment might actually push you over the edge. Yeah. So like, you're gonna leave my kitchen and go straight to the store and buy like a hundred Marlboro. Yeah, <laughs> these candy cigarettes just aren't doing it for me anymore. But so I used to. So I would I would watch. My granddad, right, and every time he went to reach for a cigarette, I would take my candy cigarettes out of the box, make out I was lighting them with his lighter that no longer had gas in it, and then pull my ashtray that I used to keep under the sofa and have that. So I I was like the the high-end kid with the fake cigarettes. Other friends of mine just used to have them and effectively, you know, they would, because they were candy, you could eat them. It was just basically like having candy. Right. This candy was made to resemble cigarettes. No, 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 no. I was way more, I had a lighter and I had an ashtray. You and full I, I was full on. And then one day I went to the store with my dad and they'd upgraded the candy cigarette selection because right next to the, the cartons that were made to look like cigarette boxes, they had candy cigars. Oh, no. Yeah, they'd made them brown. And then I was like, oh, if I have them, I can be like Hannibal Smith from the A-Team. Oh, no. Because he used to smoke cigars. Were they at least chocolate flavor? Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah. Even that better. Was, yeah, 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 They're, yeah. You should just be lucky that they never took the next step and being like, and now candy PCP. <laughs> That was what you used to get around the back right. of the store, like in certain oh, places. That wasn't candy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was, uh, and they wondered why so many people ended up smoking because it was that you'd get the candy cigarettes, and then when you were when you got to when you so that would be like when you were like six, seven, eight years of age. Then when you became a teenager and you went to uh, the the next school, um, if you found the right. Uh, grocery stores they would be the ones that would illegally sell uh, um, cigarettes to kids but if you couldn't afford a pack of 20 they'd knock them out like two at a time <laughs> See, I, I feel and like... then I'd say granddad you know you keep giving me lighters it'd be really good if you could start giving me some that's still got the gas in them now yeah, I think I might actually use this it's for the candy <laughs> yeah. so let's be real let's do a little psychological test here what like were you the first of your friends to then try cigarettes because clearly you had the hardcore addiction to the candy version. Yeah, and I was like obsessed with smoking. Yeah, but, and, and I would be like, my mum would tell me, "Old oh, smoking's not good for you," and I'd be like. I can barely see the people that are sitting in this room. There's so much smoke in it. So I, they, yeah, I mean, literally, like every everyone, everyone smokes. Um, so yeah, probably. And I don't know why. I mean, when I think about it now. It's ridiculous. As an adult, right, the, uh, here's, here's a good rule for life. It's probably not a good idea to put anything in your mouth and set fire to it, right? <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> there are some things that when you set fire to them, make your life just like a thousand times better. <laughs> well, we could have that debate all day long, but when you frame it as, I'm just going to put this in my mouth and set fire to right. it, right? So, you know. I'll say this, though. You know, you may have had candy, but if it wasn't candy, it's just going to be another thing that would have influenced you into smoking. I tell people this all the time. When I was a kid... For some reason, when everyone else would be asked, like, what do you want to do when they're older? And they'd say fireman, basketball player, whatever it was. I would always reply with, I want to be a bad guy that smokes. And to most people, that's, like, terrifying. Like, oh, my God, this kid's going to be hell. 
to me, I accomplished all my goals by 16 years old because, like, I had a, as we discussed before, a paraphernalia ticket, you know, trouble with the law, and I was smoking er day. <laughs> so, you know, whether it's candy or for me, like, I, you remember the Pearl Jam song, Jeremy? Mm-hmm. So for years, because the way Eddie Vedder sings and no one can understand a word he said, I didn't think he was saying Jeremy spoke in class today. I thought he said Jeremy smoking. And I was like, well... <laughs> I might as well. <laughs> so don't blame the candy cigarettes. Don't blame the lawn darts. Don't blame the Grand Theft Auto. Just let us have fun and do stupid things. All right, one more thing before we're done today. And um, I, I'm going to throw this in because I think it might, be, uh, it might be considered an addiction at this point. Yankee Candles have released the details of uh, scent of the year. Now, you have an issue with this to, to start with, right? Well, okay, if it's the scent of the year for 2020, uh, Yankee Candle, a little too late. If it's the scent, if it's the smell of 2021, Yankee Candle, you ain't predicting the future. How are you know what the smell of 2021 is in March? You have to wait till at least September to make that call. Now, you know that I am uh, brand loyal to uh, Bath & Body Works candles. I mean, I will admit, I'll stray from Bath & Body Works for the sake of that Iron Maiden scented candle that's for sale in <laughs> Naples, Florida, but that's just because it's I I am maiden will make me stray for anything right. right but generally um I don't buy Yankee candles I buy Bath and Body Works candles um although if I'm in um you know a bed bath and beyond where they have Yankee candles although I don't buy them I will spend a considerable amount of time sniffing them while when I when I'm in there and they brought out this list and I, you're right. I mean, it's ridiculous to do anything of the year in March anyway, because you're either too late or you're way, way too early. So they've gone through this list um, and they lead you to believe that they're telling you what the scent of the year is. They're actually just giving you a short list. Red ginger, star fruit, mango, passion fruit, vanilla spice. And then they give you um, this uh, description of the aroma, which reads like your looking at a description of a, of, of a fine wine. And although I'm rubbishing this, this is why I'm now connecting it to smoking, because I do wonder if scented candles are now a form of addiction. Because everything you said about how ridiculous it is to discuss scent of the year in March is true, but yet here we are discussing scent of the year because if I read scented candles, I can't stay away. And I think the people that make scented candles, and you know, Bath and Body Works and Yankee Candle are probably the two peak places in the States. They know that they just have to put something out there and people like me come running. I feel like the only thing missing from this description is you like scratching at your neck like a crackhead. Like, come on, man, I just need another scent. The only, I need the, the, only, the only reason I'm not doing that is because I bought some more yesterday. <laughs> I've already had a hit. That's you got it. your fix. Well, and again, I, I, and I'm, I'm going to rationalize. You know, uh, you even the, went off brand? No, 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 not, okay. not, no. I, I stuck with Bath and Body Works, but this is to my point. I know for a fact that there's that one day of the year where they do candle day and the candles are super, super cheap. And the only is one day of the year. It's normally some day around Thanksgiving um, and you can go in and get really, really cheap candles. Now, the rest of the year, Bath and Body Works email me and everyone else who's addicted to scented candles about various deals that they've got. Right? So you, they send it to you. There's other people that are into this as well. 
And I, so yesterday I woke up to an email and literally like I probably, I woke up yesterday morning at about 8.30 in the morning. I probably had about, let's say 30 emails on my email. Bath and body works of emails. Single wick candles are $8. Oh no. Intellectually, I know that when it's actual candle day on that one day of the year around um, Thanksgiving, the three wick candles, which are the much bigger ones, yeah. they'll be probably not $8, but 9 or $10, and that's when they're at their cheapest. So a three wick candle for 9 or $10 is great value. A single wick candle for $8, it, you, know, you can compare the two, not so much. And I know that. And yet, yesterday afternoon... I drove to Bath and Body Works and bought myself four new single wick candles for $8, knowing that I was not getting a great deal, but it was a deal and I couldn't stay away. All right. This is officially an issue. You have, you didn't need four candles. You have multiple candles in this house already. Yeah, but again, like an addiction, because I've got, a, I've got a Bath and Body Works closet in my bathroom. My God, it smells so good. I've got this one place I keep, I keep, I keep the stock, right? And you are correct. I have multiple candles that I haven't started yet. But up until my purchase of four new ones yesterday, there were only three left in the right in in, in the closet. So, and it's also the I keep uh, Bath and Body Works products in there and, and towels, right? If I go, if I'm getting towels out of the closet, I'll look and go, oh. Only three unused candles left. <laughs> it might be time to stock up. I, I just figured out what I'm going to get you for your birthday. So you know how uh, us Jews, we have like the menorah where it's the nine candle little like statue oh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. going to get you a supersized one so where you can just get like nine normal sized candles and just run them at all times. Oh. That's the move. <laughs> uh, sm smell overload. Oh, Bath and Body Works want to sponsor this podcast, by the way. I'm so in. So let me ask you this. Was Yankee Candle correct? Did you buy any of those scents? Um, well, no, not Yankee Candle, because as I told you, I am I'm brand loyal. Right, uh, but you know, I'm sure they have a similar smell. Oh no, well that's the other thing that is that again is 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 complete BS with scented candles. They come up with all of these different names. There are maybe ten different scents that you could possibly want, and they just rename them. One of the one of the great things I saw around here in uh, in Deep Ellum, um, I, I went into a store. Uh, oh God, this store they were selling scented candles and Golden Girls mugs. Talk about! I, I mean, <laughs> did they say it was a store if, called Campion? Literally, come in? if they should have, if they'd have had those Lemmy coloring books for sale, I would never have left. <laughs> right, right, I'd have been claiming squatters' rights. You own that store, <laughs> literally. <laughs> um, but I went in there and they were selling uh, scented candles, right? They were the same scents that you would find in Yankee Candle, in Bath and Body Works, wherever you choose to buy your scented candles. But to appeal to people of DFW, because I, I, I love, this is one of the things I love about living in Dallas. I've never lived in a major city where almost all of the locals love where they live as much as the people in DFW do, right? Oh, yeah. you, you, think like, you think Texans love Texas. That's true. But the part of Texas where there is so much pride in the local vicinity, DFW, right? So this this store, obviously knowing that, 
renamed all of the candle scents after parts of DFW. Oh, that's genius. So effectively, I was picking up vanilla spice, right? But it was called Lakewood. And I might have been picking up passion fruit, but it was called... Uh, Arlington, yeah. right? So, so it's a, the same scent that you would buy at Bath and Body Works, but named locally to sort of entice the local people in. You would Why was bu- I telling you this story? Well, you would have bought the Deep Elm candle, but you didn't want the smell of dirty hippie surrounding you any more than it already does. <laughs> there's a lo- there's a joke for local people. To be honest, they did have one that was. Co- this is how I realised that they were just taking standard scents and, and naming them after local areas to appeal to people's local pride. Because you are correct. You would not want a candle that smelt of the puke of homeless people, which which you could claim would be the scent of Deep Ellum. But let me tell you, there was a Deep Ellum candle and it smelled lovely. Ah, well, in defense of Yankee Candle, at the end of 2021, I'm going to revisit this list. And if, in fact, I feel these smells defined my year, I'll say this. Screw the Mayans. When does the Yankee Candle calendar end? Because that's when the world's going to end. These guys can, in fact, predict the future. All right. I think we're done for another day. If you want to get in touch with the show, didyouamerica.com. You can vote for Song of the Week there. You can also vote for Song of the Week on the poll, which is on my Twitter. I am at Ian Camfield on Twitter. Um, If you would like to uh, get one of our lovely T-shirts, how great are they? Oh, feels so good on your nipples. Didyouamerica.com for all of that stuff. Thank you very much for hanging out with this episode. Did we America today? We always do.